previously on the Sunless Citadel. Well, uh, I guess I survived death again. I'm not really much for dramatic entrances, but ta-da! Hey, Methuselah. Um, good to see you. Where's Mortis? Slowly, Erky places their hand on the holy symbol. Oh, I killed him. Erky slowly approaches Mortis. Hey, man, uh, you okay? I don't know how to answer that. There is a part of me missing. Did pick up on something when Thorn asked to have a watch. I notice there's a certain way that Thorn smiles. It's not quite his own in a way, so I have a feeling that the Marquis might want something. It is important that I speak to the Marquis. I, I wish to thank him for taking such good care of you. As you look into your book, there is a little message for you there. Turtle wants fun and bond. It has been so long since you have sung or song. A smile opens up that encompasses half of the circle as two very big eyes also appears on top of this bright, fanged smile. Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper, and they have a large cloudy nebula for hair speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storytellers Tavern, where stories are served like ale and a seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is the Sunless Citadel, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most importantly, hope. Will our adventure survive to descend into the dungeon, or is there a dark and calamity taking roots far from the sun's reach? Mortis immediately stands from his sitting position and tries to keep the face in his eyesight, like even as it moves. Methuselah clutches Yorick and follows in Mortis's lead and follows around him almost like back to back as he's making steps to try to keep in view of this creature. And Methuselah's gonna say, what do you want, Maki? One of its eyes focused towards Methuselah. I want to play with new friends. And then the other one then focuses on Mortis. Ah, the paladin in ashen light. So dim it has become now. I feel that you are in pain. And the pain proceeds and transforms into purring. Do not pretend to know me, you vile beast. But I would love to know you. You have my attention. Good. Do you want to feel this pain, this turmoil, this thing that is deep in you growing? 
<laughs> I want to whisper to Mortis because I'm very close. Be careful, Mortis. Mortis glances and over at Methuselah and nods before proceeding. I'm not interested in your riddles. If you want to play a game, then let it begin. My interest is protecting Thorn. Your interest seems to be chaos. Ah, not chaos. My little turtle friend. I just want people to be happy. No, you want people to not feel their pain. You want to eat it yourself. Two claws appears behind Methuselah, as if it was placed paws of a cat who wants to play with something within its clutches. I know you can't touch me, so I don't fear you. You misunderstand me, dead thing. I do not want you to play with you. That doesn't mean I cannot squish you. Mortis stares directly at the eye, focused on him. You said you wanted to speak with me. Do so. You have already rejected Bethuselah. I am here. What is it you want? Both eyes now focus towards you. I want you to be happy. Devoid of this growing cancer inside of your heart. <laughs> happiness. I am no longer interested in happiness. I am interested in completing my duty and protecting those I care about. What you will do for me is irrelevant. I want to know how it will relate to what you are doing to Thorn. All that I do to my little Thorn is make sure that he's happy, that there's no sadness to him. I can do that to you as well. I can make sure that you are happy. And I do not mean that because you have forgotten. I mean that because I could bring that to which makes you happy back to you. You speak of happiness, yet you made Thorn kill those who were once his kin. They were hurting him, bringing bad memories to him. I only want Thorn to see good memories, happy moments. I just consume the pain so that he is devoid of it. Well, you're not a very good friend, because if you were, you'd see that by taking away Thorn's pain, you're making him hurt in the long term. Dead meat. You should not talk about things that you do not understand. I understand pain quite well, cat. The smile almost reaches a full circle as it increases in intensity. Oh, I could make you run, but I don't know if you would be fast enough for me not to catch you. You said it yourself, you can't touch me. The eyes angle back to you, Mortis. Don't you want to see her again? Don't you want Nira back? There's a noticeable chink in his expression, but it only lasts for a moment. You think that by using memories you will be able to scare me? <laughs> You don't have that kind of power. You're not a god, not a friend. You are a parasite, one that leeches off of the negative feelings of others. You cannot do what you claim. I can do the very best next thing. I can make sure that you never forget her, for she will be with you by your side as you trudge the world, sharing my happiness with all others that you may encounter. Are you sure you don't want this happiness? Mortis 
reaches into the pocket of his cloak and he pulls out a small object. As he holds it up by a string made of twine, you see that it's the druidic holy symbol. She already is with me, and I will never forget her. But you, I don't even want you to utter her name again. That's a shame. You will be consumed by the hole within you. You could have been so happy instead of being lingering with small trinkets of the past the past could be by your side empowering you i think we're tired of this game perhaps we could be a little more straight with our conversation if you're into deals and taking away pain and making others suffer what price would you put on thorn my little thorn is priceless for I have been making sure that they are happy for a longer time than you know. Yes, but he's one goblin. There's plenty of other people that I'm sure you could make unhappy. Why is he so important? Because he is my form. He's precious, unique, and most importantly, he's mine. Mortis steps forward. I know what you are, Marquis. You feed on pain, and Thorn has provided you for you greatly in that regard, but it is as you say. There is a hole in me, a pain that likely will never go away. I have decades more. I have experienced decades of loss, suffering, and pain in all of my travels. Leave Thorn and join with me. I will provide you everything you need for your twisted feast. Simply leave Thorn alone. The two big cat eyes of multicolored pupils closes quickly, but the smile still remains and the threshold of the light source, only to then position itself as if it's scrolling past the darkness, so it's directly behind you, as four eyes, two on each side, appears and focuses on you. Do you want to play a game? Then I am interested if it is entertaining. You have seen my pain, all that I have gone through. If this is the game you want to play, then I am open. But you will leave Thorn and never possess his mind again. Those are my terms. That is the deal. So as Mortis takes his big stand against the Marquis, Methuselah's hands are going to play on Yorick, a sort of buzzing song that is going to cause the hurdy-gurdy to glow in this pinkish hue. But the magic of Methuselah's music is not alone, as the tendrils of darkness rise off of Yorick once more and twirl in the air like smoke. And I play a song of two star-crossed lovers who befell tragedy out of a misunderstanding. And I cast Enhance Ability and give Mortis Romeo's Wisdom. A singular eye appears behind Methuselah, and a small purring whisper appears as well. Do not bring that which holds you to this conversation. Dead meat. I don't have to listen to you, leech. The eye behind you closes. Well, my dear Mortis, you set the conditions. I accept. 
I'll set the game. Older's not to you. You have an agreement. But know this. I will hold you to your words. Think of it. You have seen what I have lost. I am in need of... guidance. I will be a far greater vessel than Thorn ever was. Can I do an insight on Mortis about the... there was a specific thing? Mortis doesn't resist the insight from Methuselah at all. Fourteen. I want to see how truthful those words are. Is he lying to the Marquis in any way to just bolster him into doing this? Or is there their truth? Is he actually, like, feel that this pain needs to be taken away and that he wants guidance from this Archfey? The first thing, from the way that Mortis said it and how long Methuselah has known him, uh, they can tell that the first thing where he said, I'll hold you to your agreement, that was completely true. When he said, everything I have lost and I am seeking guidance, that was true. Uh, but when he said, I would be a greater vessel than Thorn, you can tell that he's he's lying fully. He's trying to entice the Marquis to leave Thorn and take him. But I will say behind that, in the way that he, he's saying it, you also sense there's a slight bit of hopelessness there. Like he's saying it in a way, not to glorify himself, but when he says, I would be a greater vessel, he implies... The pain I have suffered would sate you greater than what Thorn has as a sort of means of self-sacrifice. Methuselah's going to get all of that and in a way connect to that self-sacrificing aspect and connect with Mortis's grief there and is going to just put a, like a hand on Mortis's shoulder just like as comfort and like, I'm here. Very well. The game that I have placed is as follows. And with a very gentle, yet oversized cat-like paw, it extends from the darkness, scooping up the jacket with thorn, and almost in a liquidy-like extension, it glides closer to where Mortis is, and then places it beside Mortis, so the attention of both contenders can be visible. My dear Thorn, step out of the jacket. You hear the mumbling under the jacket stop, and from underneath it, Thorn pulls his head out and looks at the Marquis with like a big smile. Oh, my dear Thorn, are you ready for a game? Yes, you know I love games, yes! And now we have a new friend to play with. And this eyes focus towards Mortis. Thorn looks up at Mortis with a big smile and goes, Oh, Mortis, yes, you wish to play games with Thorn and, and the Marquis, yes, yes, that is so great. Mortis looks ahead at Thorn and forces a smile. Yes, I, I am here to join in your games with the Marquis. I am hoping that we will all be good friends, Thorn. The game is simple. As two eyes focuses on Mortis and the other two eyes focuses on Thorn, you guys will compete against each other. Whoever gets the best gift to me, the most valuable and powerful gift, 
will win. The one who wins gets my appreciation, happiness, and joy for all time we're together. The one who loses will have all the pain they once held. Do you agree? And all eyes now focus on Mortis. Mortis looks shaken. Under his breath, too quiet for anyone to hear, he says, Gods, if you are still with me, strengthen me now. And then he looks back up at the eyes. I accept your deal, Sadlin. Relatively large paw, the size of your overall body, appears underneath the smile, almost as if it was a tongue, but going past the tooth, it's kind of weird, creeps up, and as it extends towards you, a small finger emanates from inside of the palm of the paw, with gloves that you recognize. It is Methuselah's glove, that it stands as if it was ready to be shaken. Mortis looks over at Methuselah to make sure both of their hands are still being controlled by them. Methuselah looks at you like confusion in their face, but the hands are, are totally fine. They're, they're usual floaty mage hands. Morris nods in Methuselah's direction. Marquis and his tricks. And then he takes a step forward, grips the hand, and shakes it. Very well, new friend. And as shaken, you feel a weirdness, a certain biceness, as if you had eaten something very intense in heat, but at the same time, it also mixtures with the pain, and it's like a weird sensation that just becomes an overwhelming confusion of chemicals within your body, and when out of nowhere, you feel that there's something stuck on the back of your throat. As you start to instinctively react to it, you regurgitate, and spitting into the ground falls out what seems to be a green-painted pear made of wood. I see that, right? Yeah. Okay. Methuselah sees the, the, the fruit, and like Mortis, you, if you look, you can see that there's this O on their face, putting two and two together. Oh, that's what that is. It is a deal, then. I am in you now, as now you are in my heart. <laughs> Mortis stares up. After taking a moment to recover himself, he dismisses the pair for a moment and looks back up at the face. This game, how long do we have to give you this gift? Hmm. It ends when the two of you reaches the surface. If a gift has not been given before then, both of you fail. And what happens when both of them fail. Well, I get to keep both. May the best friend win. As the smile intensifies, sharpened teeth opens up just enough for the inside of its mouth. This weird, cosmic, multicolored interior emanates enough and bright out of nowhere to completely blind you guys for a split second. And as you guys readjust your eyes back, there's nothing abnormal anymore. The light of the torch is the normal hue, and the shadows are gradual, as you would expect from normal shadows. 
Is the pear still on the ground in front of me? Oh, yeah. Mortis kneels down and picks it up. So be it. Thorn does a little jump up and down and goes, Alwyn, Alwyn, you'll see. Thorn will win. Thorn knows the Marquis best. That's what I'm afraid of, my friend. Mortis is going to take the pear and put it into his bag. And then he's just going to sit back down and look over at the others. Well, what's done is done. Methuselah's going to get closer to Mortis and just say quietly, Are you all right? I'm as all right as I can be, but I worry about this game that he has us playing. It is very interesting. Uh, don't really know what to expect, but uh, if it's in my power, I won't let the Marquis take you in the way that it's corrupted Thorn. Horn jumps into the conversation out of nowhere and goes, This is going to be so much fun! Yes, yes! And he's jumping around and he goes, Aren't you excited? He looks down at the thorn and forces a smile. Most excited, my friend. And he, like, ruffles his hair. Well, we should probably finish up our watch. Uh, we're, we're lucky that we weren't ambushed when all that was happening. Oh, don't worry. I was trying to keep an eye on, you know, the room. The rest of the watch is quiet. You guys keep alert to the outside, even though it feels like the threat is actually on the inside of this group. Shortly after, Erky and Seeker starts to shake themselves awake. You guys now have all rested, and you guys can compensate from the long rest benefits. I'd say as everyone is getting up, Thorn is still happily skipping around. He seems very happy with what's going on. Everyone seems so glum, but he doesn't really see it. He just sees happy faces, and he's so excited. Methuselah's gonna notice that and be like, Well, you seem very, uh, upbeat, Thorn. Of course, of course. Finally, finally, one of you is playing a game with me and Marquis. It has not happened before. Always say no, but now, now Mortis plays a game with, with Marquis. It's going to be so much fun. Yes, I would say so. I hope one day Marquis will let you play as well. I don't know about that. Uh, apparently, I have my own friend who's uh, getting in the way. Well, well, maybe one day, if you don't have that friend, then we will all be able to play more together. I instinctively clutch York and... Possibly. I think it would be so much fun. Don't you? Don't you? I think it would. I think Thorns is going to win this competition. I know the Marquis very well. Well, we'll see about that, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know who to root for, so I suppose I'm rooting for you both. Root for Thorn! Root for Thorns! Because I'm going to win, so root for me. I won't tell Mortis, but uh, what are you thinking of giving the Marquis? Do you have an idea? Thorn has a little idea, but, but Thorn wants to keep it a surprise, so then when it happens, it will be even more fun. I can keep a secret. I'm very good. You know, I kept the undead thing a secret for a while. Thorn wants to tell you, but Thorn thinks it will be more fun if no one knows. So when people find out, it will be a big surprise, and then it will be even sweeter to see Mortis lose. What do you mean by sweeter? It will be sweeter when Mortis lose. It will be, it will be a much more satisfying victory. 
I see. Well, I'm excited to see what you have in mind for that. Yes, yes, it will be most fun. Well, should we keep going? Methuselah feels Thorn trying to crawl up onto his back. Mortis, you have been substituted. <laughs> I feel like Mortis sees this, and there's a tiny part of him that upset, but I feel like he finds it more amusing than anything. He's Because he knows that Thorn's just doing it to be petty. <laughs> uh, kids will be kids. So after all our stuff is gathered, I'm ready to press on if the rest of you are. I suppose so. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to go if you guys are. Thorn positions himself to be basically be like sitting on Methuselah's shoulders. Yes! Yes! Weez is ready to go! Yes! And he's basically playing with your hair. He's been tangled in your hair now. I imagine this is a bit of a wait for Methuselah, so they're struggling to walk. But they're too nice to be like, can you please get off, child? Erky, who had a half mouthful of his rations, he l- looks at you guys like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go! And you guys direct yourselves towards the middle of the laboratory. You guys continue towards the room that you found Mon Gentil's other journal. On the back of the room, there is a door that proceeds to the next area. Not knowing what to expect, you guys open the door. Interestingly enough, you guys face yourselves with what seems to be an antechamber in the very next room past the antechamber where the door seems to have been removed from the frame. There's a wall of dirt taller than you guys. It goes even past the threshold of the door frame, but there is a ladder made of rustic materials in front of the wall of dirt, and a dim glow of purple hue emanates very faintly at the top of that door frame, which reminds you of those mushrooms that you guys saw. Well, I suppose the best course of action is to go up that ladder. Thorn will slide down onto the ground, pulling your head back because he's still tangled in your hair a little bit, and then he'll skip over to where the ladder is. Well, let's get going then. I'll follow Thorn. More trails behind everyone. I'll be our rear guard, make sure that we're not ambushed while we're climbing. One at a time, you guys get close to this ladder and ascend correctly. The light that comes down is illuminated by those glowing mushrooms. Once everybody has ascended through the ladder, you guys visualize a relatively bright gallery with walls that are huge. But this dirt wall is being placed here because it pretty much creates a platform of dirt that as you ascended to this place now has become your solid ground. This dirt is serving as a bed for a huge amount of flora that has been cultivated in this area. Illuminated by the mushrooms, it creates its own little ecosystem. Do I know this room? Do I recognize it? Do for me a perception check. 22. Despite the vines, despite the shrubbery, and the overall changes to this gallery, you notice part of the wall that is now obscured, partially covered by the dirt that is now the surface that you are standing on. There is carvings that depicts dragons on flight. Piecing the pictures in your mind, it very well reminds you of the gallery before the special greenhouses that the Dark Warden used to go to and cultivate specific plants that were not good enough for his garden, that required the different biomes. This is the same gallery, but completely transformed as to become a garden in itself. 
is a huge place. And there are gargantuan doors, but they are all partially covered by this earth. One is at your very left, in the far end of the hallway. And as you're looking towards that area, you see half of the door that is blocked by the earth. But the top half that is visible to you, it's still closed. But there is a makeshift door that has been made almost like a patchwork to the original door. And this patchwork is very rustic, it's very badly made. You see rays of intense bright light emanating from these small fixtures on the very poorly made door. The one in front of you, the top half has no patchwork, it's solid and undisturbed. And on your other end, on your right, you do see another door. You know that that door leads towards your destination the garden. That is where your memory tells you that where the garden is. As that little patchwork swings over, you guys then see a beautiful elven maiden, devoid of clothing, except for her purse that has a string over her shoulder, gingerly walking into this room with a basket full of moss and other type of fungi vegetation. Her hair, mostly green, obscures the face, so you don't see it at first. She approaches the corner, and then, turning towards the rest of the room, she spots you guys right away. She is beautiful beyond compare. A very gentle and soft skin, and very piercing green eyes. She looks at you guys, startled at first. Florin goes, sorry, and he covers his eyes with his hands. I don't recognize her, do I? I have no idea who she is. Okay, thank god. I'm like, worried. Um, hello there? In Elvish, she replies, Who are you, and are you here to see the outcast? Mortis steps forward from his position behind everyone else, and in Elvish, she responds, Indeed, we seek an audience with the outcast. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have any clothing that you could put on, please? She listens to you both, and in common, she replies, Who among you is... The one who wants to speak to Belak. I think it's all of us. We all have different reasons. But you are the one guiding them here. As she looks towards you, Mortis, being the one who spoke first. He looks around at everyone else awkwardly. I suppose so. Uh, as my companion says, we all would seek an audience, but I, uh, I, I suppose you could say I guided us here in a sense. I am holding the light. Well, uh, in this case, I would like... Then she slowly starts placing the basket down. I would like to ask for you to actually please come back. I I don't think it's best for you all to see him. Would you please do this for me? I need you to do a wisdom save. That is a 15. Her request is nothing like you ever expected. Simple words for a few moments means the world to you. It is... As if she was the most important individual and you needed to be. But then something within you quickly just allows you to rethink the situation. And your own mind allows you to regain your logic. Or just stirs for a moment. And then when he gets his senses, he pulls out his greatsword and holds it out. You're trying to charm me with magic. What trickery is this? She breathes in heavily. Well, I asked it the right way. Look, uh, we're not here to really hurt anyone. We just need to get past. We don't know you, so we don't have any ill intentions. We just need to see the outcast. Look, you have your reasons. I get it. And I hold no love for him. So we don't want to hurt you if it comes down to it. 
I have to care for myself. She presses her hand on the middle of her chest. And as she does so, the area where she touches, her skin hardens and becomes equivalent to tree bark. The very next thing that she does takes her completely by surprise. There are people here, help! From the door in the far end, you hear a tussle, as if people were moving as fast as they can. I'm gonna ask you guys to roll for initiative now. All right, top of the round, Methuselah. So as she calls for help, Methuselah, stirred, puts a hand into their pocket, grabs a pie crust <laughs> once again. Methuselah is going to crush it, and that familiar spinning blue light is going to appear. And then before they throw it, they're going to say, I really hate hurting beautiful things, but uh, pie for all. And I'm going to eat it at the woman. As the fun zone lands around this beautiful woman, the air starts to get cartoony and vibrant. And looking into the cube, her features become more like cartoony and vibrant as well. So she is going to have to do a wisdom save to stop herself from laughing. Troll of 21. That passes. She is not swayed by the fun zone. Although the fun zone lands in the vicinity that she is running towards, the comical distortion of reality usually would affect people to lose their minds and laugh. But for her, you don't know if it is her power or just desperation to live this situation. She instead does not laugh. She looks at you with a face of somewhat frustration and despair, notices the edge of the fun zone. She decides to turn to start running the other way, where the border is closest to her. Then Methuselah is going to play on Yorick again, and the rainbow light is going to start to dance along the strings and around the frame, but also tangled with that shadowy essence. And I'm going to play a nice song, a song of Luxair, of Travelers and the Lost, and I'm going to give Bardic Inspiration to Mortis. With that said and done, now it is Thorn's turn. So Thorn sees this woman starting to run after yelling for help. He is gonna raise his hands and this violet glow radiates from them as a spectral smile of what can only be described as the Marquis appears over her head and seems to follow her around as he casts Hex on her. I'm going to give her disadvantage on Dexterity. And then Thorn is going to keep his hands raised. Well, we did only want to talk, but I suppose now this is what we're doing. Yes! And the color on his hands changes from violet to red as he shoots Eldritch Blast at her. That is an 18 to hit. That is a hit. Roll for the damage. She'll take 6 force damage and 5 necrotic damage. As the Eldritch Blast hits her on the shoulder to chest, it's exploding into petals all around her. The spectral violet smile bites down into her other shoulder, going through the bark pulling out with streaks of blood as it starts to laugh. And then Thorn is going to step behind Mortis. Now it is her turn. Although she receives that damage and has been almost placed under some sort of spell, she is very objective and she just dashes down the hallway towards the makeshift door with the rays of light 
After dashing down the hall, she's actually quite close. All her focus is towards that door, almost as if that was her ticket to freedom. Next is Mortis. Mortis sees her break into a sprint. He holds a hand out as if to cast a spell, but there's a pause. He just looks at his hand as if he can't do it. And then with that, Mortis is just going to charge forwards around the fun zone and get as close as he can to her. As Mortis is running towards her, he's going to internalize all of his struggles. He tries to focus on his sense of connection to the gods. Then that hole in his chest just flares up and he's overcome with doubt. Instinctually, he's just going to lash out and cast a spell at the woman. He reaches his hand out and a wave of violet energy washes over the woman and he's going to cast Tasha's hideous laughter. Methuselah sees Mortis casting this spell and the darkness within them flickers because there was that connection with the self-sacrificing and the grief and the darkness is going to latch on to that spell and swirl around it and then encompass her into the shadows as it is now a charisma saving throw as I'm using Sorrowful Fate. Dirty 20. The spell washes over her. And with it, tendrils of darkness also extends towards to envelop her on top of it as well. Although, in her desperation, you hear her screaming, and the light and darkness are both pushed back as she continues to bolt towards that door. Next is Urk. He looks at her as she runs, squinting his eyes until he opens up in alarm and complete confusion. The very next thing that he does is hold on to Thorn's arms, placing it down if he can. Don't harm her! She's innocent and very likely a victim. Episode of the Sunless Citadel. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, and be sure to catch the next installment of the Sunless Citadel every Thursday at 12 p.m. EST. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review. It's a small way to show your support that goes a long way. To connect with us, follow our social media accounts, and if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation view sneak peeks of our next project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Corton from Off the Beaten Path Musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in the Tales from the Yawning Portal by Wizards of the Coast. The world of Nasso Mundus was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks again for listening from all of us at the Storyteller's Tavern.